This week, chips are still in flux, Google, Google Stadia is getting into AT&T, and Google Search is out at Brave Browser. It's Monday, October 25th, 2021, and this is episode 607 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms. Livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course on our website, PluckIt'sLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is uh, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can always subscribe at plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plugkids Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. Well, this is hopefully our last off night. <laughs> and next week, we'll be back to Sundays. Um, Roboticon is over. Opa. We had a great October. Yay. Uh, <laughs> it's been such a long October. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm glad it's over. Um, and not. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's a lot of fun, and we definitely miss it when it's over. Um, but, ooh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the things that are worth doing are always a lot of work, right? Like, for me, that's usually CES and mm-hmm. Computex trade shows and things like that, uh, which we didn't really have in earnest Last year, we had an all-virtual CES. This year, they say we're going to have an in-person one. It looks like we're going to have an in-person one, uh, but probably to the level that it was in 2020 or 2019. Sure. So I guess we'll see. But, yeah, all the important things are, you know, everything in the things that are the most satisfying life for those you have to work for. Absolutely. And that's... That's what Roboticon is for us. It's just like CES. It is, and you know, this year it's even. It was even weirder because we distributed across four weekends instead of getting it all done in seventy-two hours. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Speaking of CES, that's coming up in way too soon. Um, we made a little bit of a tease announcement on a GNC Week in Review last night, um, and we'll give a little bit more here. The TPN broadcast is getting kicked up a notch. Um, we're doing, we're doing more. Uh, it's going to look better. It's going to look smoother. We've got a lot of new graphics and and uh, some physical stuff that's coming. We're very excited about that. Um, that's the current plan. Hopefully, everything will pan out. Um, we've also got and Avery and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We still don't have names for the tiers yet, but we have. Uh, 
we have something that's coming just in time for CES, where if you can, if you subscribe, um, you'll be able to get all of the interviews as they publish, uh, or a, as they're done editing, not as they publish. So we publish three every single day, but we mm -hmm. do like a push of 30 or 40 at a time um, into our YouTube queue. And so those of you who subscribe, it'll be available as part of that queue. Very exciting. We'll have a lot more details once we decide exactly what the names are going to be. We're currently between... Okay, let's get, let's get some audience feedback. We are currently between uh, going with like USB mini, micro, and C and red shirt, blue shirt, yellow shirt. <laughs> Those are our two um, main main uh, name uh, categories as of right now. So audience, no, give they, us some feedback. If you've got other ideas too for three tiers, let us know. I know we've been thinking the, about it pretty hard. The problem with a couple of these though is that they are – are they're not all like it, it's it's small medium large right it's right. good so not a hundred percent obvious or maybe they are i don't know it's like yellow shirt definitely better than blue shirt i guess so right because your command right versus science, science. officer um and red shirt we definitely know is the bottom but i don't know who would pay to be a red shirt so that well, that's the free tier. Even so your bottom okay. has to be. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Which is why that one was one funny. Better. That's why that one was funny. Yes. Because the red shirts are the free ones. That's fair. Because the micro <laughs> mini, and even though I'm kind of a proponent of USB types, the uh, uh -huh. you could argue that mini and micro are about equivalent to each other, except that yeah. nobody uses mini very much. So um, you, you have to do... think about it a little bit too much. You could do B micro and C, but yeah, I. But again, I, that that one's been that one's been we're, difficult. We're we're being subjective about the fact that we think that like B right. is the worst and whatever, but right, right. You know, on a purely objective scale, they're not necessarily one that much worse than the other. Although, right, C is almost certainly the top. Right. So, um, it's not the third try every time. Yes, so <laughs> right, USB yeah, the shirt one, the shirt one is pretty is 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 pretty good because it, um, you know, because it, it's it's obvious and everybody knows knows what that means. Yeah. So yeah, for so that's, sure. That seemed so. If if the audience has other ideas or you want to throw your your weight behind one of the, the existing ones, let us know. Um, there's other stuff coming to the tiers, like we're going to start doing um, uh, Unplugged again, and we're going to do some of that back behind behind some of the paywall. But we got new, we got new, a bunch of new stuff coming. Very excited about that. Anyway, that was a longer intro than usual, Avram. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, how have you been this week? It's only been six days right. since we did Tuesday last yeah, week. Not, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, decent, you know, got a lot of, uh, I mean, well, last week we talked about a lot of product launches. Mm -hmm. We had, um, one more product launch that I'm talking about, uh, I'll be talking about later. So, and who knows, there may be more coming, uh, before, uh, before long, 
So um, it's getting into the busiest part of my year soon because not only do we have all these new products coming out, but we have, um, but, but we also have a, um, you know, the holiday season coming up, which is a big deal for us because we have to do a lot of work around the holiday sales and helping people find them and things like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is the hardest working part of the year, time of the year. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of weird pronouncements, um, one that I don't think was, had happened yet that wasn't going to be in my pilch point today, but I just thought I'd mention because this could... This sounds like one of our topics. Uh, Razor's Zephyr came out, has is available now to buy. That, the, that's their, the mask. Their connected mask, yes. yes. Um, I saw that. So, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I. that seems like a good deal to me. Um, I really <laughs> thought about trying one. Um, my colleague. Uh, I'm not uh, lie, I have my, as well. My colleague has, well, I may be able to bring one on the show one of these days. Um, they offered us one to test, trying to pull rank as the boss. I let my uh, my colleague, Andrew, take it to review because I didn't want to be like, yeah, I want to play with it. You know, you got to be. Sure, sure. You know, that can't be selfish. So, um, you know, he's going to um, test it out. The word we are several other people have already gotten them not at other publications and it seems to be kind of a mixed mixed feelings about it um my friend who is at tech radar said that it's very noisy with the fans inside um and uh you know there's to me the most interesting which we cannot answer uh rather we're not in a good position i don't say no one can answer but we are not in a good position to answer is whether how how it works how efficient it is from a safety perspective they do claim to have um n95 style filters on it but they didn't really make claims about the um they call they're calling it an air purifier um which obviously i don't think anybody would buy one of these buy a mask just to have pure air or you know avoid pollen like yeah i, I know there are people with allergies but i the the reason people buy a 99 dollars mask or any mask in 2021 is because they're they're concerned about about germs so um you know we um that's something that we don't have any good like benchmark to to test right, um right so so we, we don't you know we don't know that one for 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 sure and it hasn't been through any kind of they're not making any claims about fda fda approving it or anything like that so i don't know but um it looks really cool and you yeah, uh that it does your mouth your mouth is visible which solves a major problem that a lot of people have with masks where they they're they're you know you can't see their lips so right. i don't know i'll be i'll be i will be curious to try it i think after he's done uh writing a review of it i will find some way to disinfect it and and borrow it to see uh, uh, how it is. Because my number one uh, technological beef with uh, masks is that I would love to have more fresh air coming in. So like, 
you know, these have two fans in them. So if you have, right. you know, fans blowing air in, it could be um, theoretically more comfortable than wearing a non-powered mask. Yeah, we we had a an interesting mask company on at CES 2020, which was, I mean, it was very ironically timed. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't think they had any <laughs> advanced knowledge of what was coming to the world, um, but it was. It was the same kind of thing, except it was completely open air, and it had this, like, air-powered mesh thing. I, I can't give a whole lot of information on it. Maybe it wasn't 2020. Maybe it was 2021, but I seem to remember having it in my hand. So that would... There, if, you, if you can't tell... There are other... At 2020. Oh, there, there are other smart masks out. Oh, I've seen it. The Atmos, right? Yeah, um, it's wild looking. The, there's, I mean, so there. Oh yes, I yeah. So my, you know, again, my concern with all of these is like some of them look really cool, mm-hmm. and I just want to know that they perform well, and I think a lot of them want to make a claim because that puts them into some kind of liability right uh-huh. um, so they don't want to make um to make a claim like another one that fascinates me that i would love to try is uh there's something called the microclimate air which looks like a space helmet okay and it it goes over your entire head there's no it's not a mask it's a helmet and okay. the front is all is all like glass and um you know it kind of tightens around your neck so it doesn't let air in this way and it has something like it has two fans and it has a bunch of hepa filters on it and you know you whole face is visible because you know but it can be quite loud so yeah That's see a- unclean air right yeah, that's that's our interview from 2020. That's the Atmos. Yeah. So, you know, look, I mean, we could talk about this at infinitum, but man, I know that they're somewhat controversial subjects. Some people don't like them, but as an industry, masks aren't going anywhere. People will be wearing masks for a long time to come. Even if we said tomorrow that the situation with COVID was much more than it is today, um, there will be people who say, wow, there's a lot of germs out there in public. I think I'm going to wear masks when I go to the supermarket or whatever. And so, you know, there's a market for, um, you know, there's going to be a market for yeah. this. I can yeah, tell you sure. having been, been to Taiwan so many times yeah, I was gonna say before that. COVID, like a nice percentage of the people were wearing masks and you know not fancy masks like not fancy smart masks but they were wearing masks and and i can only imagine that now that like we've been through this the world has been through this 
that the number of people who are just going to be wearing masks out in public all the time is going to be, you know, a lot more. So yeah. yeah, this is a, this is a market and we haven't really seen the market taken anyway. I didn't mean to take over the whole show with this, but no, um, no, this is an interesting topic, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I would love to see somebody do a serious roundup of these, but yeah, by serious, sure. I also mean with testing, as far as I know, there's only one person that I know of that does serious mask testing uh, as an individual, not as the government. Sure. Uh, and uh, if you want to geek out over, over stuff, um, if you want to geek out, there's a guy named Aaron Collins on YouTube. Uh, and he is an aerosol scientist and he, and he has like a setup. He actually live does it to an extent and he will like blast particles or whatever at masks and test them. And he has, a, he has his, like his spreadsheets that he shares with everybody of like the exact percentage of particles, my, you know, 0.3 micron particles or you know, small particles that got through. And he primarily tests KF94 and KN95 masks, which are the Korean and Chinese uh, standards. And, uh, you know, that's where I learned what masks to buy for myself and my son who goes to school every day with one is getting him a KF94 mask. But uh, I emailed this dude, this guy, um, Nice guy. I emailed him and I said, "Hey, would you like to test a razor mask?" And he <laughs> said, uh, "And well, and he said, I would love to do it, but I'm busy right now." So, gotcha. um, anyway, uh, he's got. I've so, got. I've got his YouTube channel up yeah. on the screen. He's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, he does. He does. So anyway, uh, that's a little tidbit for those of you who are interested in in like mask science and like or or really curious about like the best quality masks you can buy. Um, that, you know, are not, he doesn't test like these weird smart masks, which is, I would love to see, but he does test, like I said, a lot of brands of, uh, of like imported masks to tell you which ones are good. And so if people are interested in getting masks for themselves, I, uh, and they care about both comfort and safety, I would definitely recommend his channel. Very cool. Well, that I always like it when we take little diversions like that because that was a, a fascinating topic. But we do have a lot of news to cover, so let's get down to it. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, or new games and a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember, the current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Uh, just as a note, a bit of a follow-up to a comment I made uh, recently, uh, using uh, advice from the Pilch Point, uh, the Hot Stocks app, I did manage to snag an Xbox X. It showed up today. We did an unboxing earlier. It is hooked up and uh, operational already. So 
That is entirely because of advice from a Pilch Point episode. It definitely works. Huzzah. Anyway, that was a Microsoft <laughs> Store reference because, yes, absolutely it came from, obviously it came from the Microsoft Store. Anyway, um, oh, we've been talking about chip shortages and uh, this week two major companies uh, had interesting responses. The first is GM. We talked, uh, what, five or six weeks ago that GM had announced that they were going to do a pretty heavy pause on um, on production across North America. Um, Canada, U.S., and Mexico were all affected. Um, they shut down plants, some of them for a couple of days, some of them for uh, a week or more. Um, and apparently that shutdown worked because they're starting to catch up. Um, in fact... Uh, as far as the trucks are concerned, they have caught up almost 25% uh, of, of their backlog and they plan to be done, uh, be, getting 100% caught up by the end of the year, which cannot be entirely because of the shutdowns, because they, they were only paused for a couple of days, um, you know, a, a week or 10 days at the very most. Um, so they must they must be seeing some fixes in their in their uh, chip availability, which hopefully we'll start to see that maybe start rolling out. We know Intel's getting into uh, into the game of, of custom manufacturing and a couple of other organizations are as well. So maybe we can start seeing these chip shortages um, come down. I've been looking at um, the frequency that the consoles are starting to show back up in retailers, um, which is starting to happen faster. Uh, between shipments than they were before, which is a pretty good sign. Um, and internal to the company that I work for during the day, I've been keeping an eye on the stock that we've received um, of video cards and things, and they seem to be restocking faster too. So that's a good sign. However, not everybody is having a good response. Um, our friends at Raspberry Pi uh, <laughs> announced that the price of the Raspberry Pi 4 uh, 2 gig version is going from 35 to 45 as a temporary measure. Avram has talked about this before. One of their things is that they try real hard to make sure that, that you know, things are price-wise in a straight line. And, and in fact, you get more <laughs> every generation for the same 30. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, I mean... If you think about it also with inflation, uh -huh. uh, with inflation, the original Raspberry Pi was $35 in 2012. So that's nine years ago, right? And and uh, $2,012, $35 in 2012 is, I think, now $38, $40 today yeah. or something. So, uh, and yet they're giving you a better, better computer. So, right. I'm surprised, actually, that this is the change that they have officially announced in pricing and not some of the other things like uh, the Pi Zero or the um, or the or some of the older models like the Pi 3, 3B that people still buy um, going up in price, at least as far as we know. Honestly, for most people, this is not a big deal because First of all, um, you can get the one gigabyte model for $35. Yes, it's coming. So back. there's still a Pi 4. 
to be honest, it never went away. So um, they Raspberry Pi doesn't. <laughs> what? They believe it did, but yes, I. The, um, the stock didn't really go away. Making them, um, the Raspberry Pi has a really strong policy against end of lifeing products, even ones that seemingly don't have a place in. Right. Uh, they really just in case somebody was relying on that product to build something else. So right. The I don't think they ever stopped manufacturing the one gigabyte. I think one gigabyte has been available for sale. At one point, I actually saw Adafruit selling the one gigabyte models for thirty dollars, and I bought an extra one because I was like, hey, you know, I'll <laughs> save five dollars and get the one gigabyte because for a lot of projects, one gigabyte is okay. Sure. Right. Um, two gigabytes is kind of in between there, like. If you really want to use it as a computer, then you should probably spend the $55 and get the four gigabyte model. And if you want to spend, and, um, you know, two, one gigabyte is probably more than okay for doing things, even like art, even machine learning uh, applications. So two gigabytes, eh, it's okay, but. Four is what you really need if you want to act as a PC, and one is probably fine. Uh, and then there's an eight gigabyte model, which I don't know what you do with the other four gigabytes because um, <laughs> one thing that I have found in using Raspberry Pi quite a bit is that you I have never really gone over four gigabytes, uh, even while I mean at least using it in a as a desktop, even while having a lot of programs open. Something about um, the Raspberry Pi OS, which is based on Debian Linux, or the programs within it, like Chromium, does not take up nearly as on my as on my Windows PC. Like I'm on a Windows PC and I'm really going up to 16 gig and, and up around 16 gig. Of, of memory with a few programs open and a bunch of tabs open. But on Raspberry Pi, granted, I don't use it to the same level of craziness because I don't sure. expect, don't use it as my everyday PC, but I've tried experiments where I had like 25 tabs open and I did not get anywhere close to like four gigabytes of RAM uh, being used. So sure. not sure why it's just, it's very RAM efficient anyway. So you can get the one, well. my short, my, my main point is that there's nothing wrong with getting the one gigabyte. Um, also we're talking about a mere $10, right. um, in the scheme of, in the scheme of things, uh, you know, you can spend $10 more if you want the two gigabytes, but I think, I think it's probably one or the other. If you're looking, if you're looking to buy a Raspberry Pi either. You want to use it for like robotics projects and things like that. And you don't really care about booting, about using it to surf the web and things like that. Right. One gigabyte will be fine. Or if you're really trying to use it like a computer, then spend $55 and get the four gigabyte model, which as far as I know is not going up in price. So doesn't um, sound like it. So, you know, it, I mean, I think this is newsworthy because Raspberry Pi has been very well shielded right. from 
the shortage problems that have existed. But to me, it's like they're not, it's not much has happened. Now, I guess the question is when we go and we look for, look at inventory, are we going to, how easy is it to find a Raspberry Pi where you live, right. where, you know, anyone lives? And, um, you know, that's always an open question. If you are in the United States and you want to buy one online, the best places to buy them are um, Adafruit or um, or possibly um, Vilros.com or SparkFun. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are, de- uh, are decent places to get them at, at the MSRP. Uh, and actually, the best place, if you live near a micro center, there are only 21 of those in the United States. But if you happen to live near one, because you can't o- order this online from them, that is the best. Uh, I mean, they, well, you, you can get it without shipping, without paying for shipping. You just pay right. $35 or, or whatever. So, um, but if you go to Amazon, Amazon is not, if you're buying on Amazon, it is not pay to buy a bare Raspberry Pi board on Amazon. Occasionally, you'll find someone selling one, but it's always way over the MSRP. Yeah, it's always like sixty dollars for a two gigabyte. So, what you do there is, if you are just getting started with Raspberry Pi and you just want all the accoutrements uh, like the power supply and a SD card and a case, you buy a starter kit. Yeah, and I was say, the kits can be pretty to, good priced. Right. It's not clear to me whether the starter kits are actually going up in price. And if they were, it's not clear whether they're going up, whether they'd be going up because of the cost of the Raspberry Pi itself or the cost of all the other things that come with it. So um, what this is, what this does point to, of course, is that there is a, uh, there are shortages this year. So you should buy your, start doing your holiday shopping now and uh start doing your start doing your holiday shopping now this is the wrong year to procrastinate and you can well unless you buy someone digital gift right i'm sure Sure. sometime in december i'll do it we'll do a pitch point on digital (laughs) gifts and we'll tell everybody to buy xbox uh, game pass and things like that which are not which are not a problem at all but but for physical gifts if you want to get somebody a raspberry pi uh kit as a gift which if they don't have one is a fantastic gift then um then i wouldn't wait for sure um but what i what's interesting about all this is that you know like you said raspberry pi seemed to be mostly unaffected by this until now and gm was highly affected by this seemingly until now so maybe maybe there's some prioritization that's going on or so i don't know what's happening but obviously something's happening somewhere um and some of our our shortages are starting to be cleared up while others seem to be just getting started Um, raspberry pi says that they expect this issue to last through most of next year um but GM believes that they'll have all of their trucks and some of their cars uh, cleared out of uh, backlog entirely uh, before 2022 starts. So it's it's a little bit of a Wild West situation. We don't entirely know what's happening, <laughs> seemingly, from one minute to the next. But 
It's an important story and we'll keep you updated on it. This week's Pilch Point uh, with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price and a 30-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, so we started the show talking about new product launch. We talked last week about several new product launches and because it's techtober we've got another one right yes i'm sticking with that so, name, by the way techtober well we still have another few days left in the month so yeah, we do uh so we talked uh before the show about razor coming out with us uh, with something because uh because uh that was pretty cool now Let's talk about another company who has the same colors as Razer, NVIDIA. Um, so NVIDIA has come out with a new tier for its GeForce Now streaming service. So I believe we've talked about GeForce Now in the past. It's been quite a while uh, since the service actually launched. GeForce Now is NVIDIA's cloud gaming service. It entered beta in 2015. But it at, and there were a lot of people in the free beta, but it actually went live for paid memberships in 2020. And now the company is adding an RTX 3080 here, which means that if you don't have an RTX 3080 in your computer, you can effectively rent one uh, in to play in the cloud. So, um, but there's a lot of caveats to that. So, first of all, GeForce Now works a little bit differently than some other services in that it is a PC gaming service, but uh, you log in on your computer and you can log, you can run it from uh, a PC, um, a Windows PC, a Mac, a phone, a set top box like the nvidia shield even from a browser so you could play it on a you could play on a chromebook uh the company recommends that you have at least a five gigahertz wireless connection or gigabit ethernet uh for good for good connection and what you can do then is you log in and you can play games that you own that are installed in the cloud but there are, only, there are several hundred games that are supported, but there's a lot of games that are not supported. Uh, and if it's not supported, you can't play it. And of course, you have to own the game. So, uh, and it supports games that are available in a variety of launchers. So it supports uh, some games that launch through Steam, some that launch through, uh, through the Epic Game Store or through good old games. Um, but what it does not support is uh, Microsoft does not, I think, sees GeForce Now as a competitor, so you can't play Minecraft. Uh, and I think, I don't know if you can play any other uh, Microsoft games. 
So, but there are several hundred games on the list and you can, and you can play them and you can play them with, with a 3080 now, if you sign up for this membership. So the cost is right now they're selling these in six month increments. Okay. Right. So there's three tiers. There's a free tier, which gives you up to an hour of gameplay continuously until you get uh, kicked off. There's no guarantee about what card you're getting, but you're definitely not getting a 3080 card uh, and you can play at seven at 720p. Then um, there, there is the priority tier, which is $50 for six months. So you do the math that comes out to what, $8 and something per month. Uh, and you can play with, you can play games with ray tracing on, but not on a, it's, I think it's a 2080, not a 3080. Uh, and you get priority access, which means if free people who are on the free tier are trying to log in and you're trying to log in and there's a limited number of logins, you will get in, uh, above them and, uh, you can play for up to six hours and it says that you can play games on the priority tier at 1080p, 60 FPS. Now, this new tier that's coming along, the RTX 3080 tier, uh, $99 for six months, so $16 and something cents per month, uh, gives you a 3080 card in the, your remote, uh, the machine you're logging onto, you can play for up to eight hours at a time and you can play it up to 1440p, 120 frames per second. Uh, and if you have a shield TV, only if you have a shield TV, you can actually play games in 4K, 4K HDR. Although the 4K HDR, if you play in 4K HDR, I think you get only 60 FPS but you're still getting 4K HDR, which is a lot. So that so those are the new, new plans. Now, one thing that's really interesting is that um, you right now you can pre-order the 3080 plan. Uh, in other words, you can't get it yet. Uh, and you'll have to already be a priority member or a founder um, to founders, I guess, or people who signed up early uh, before uh, went while the service was still in beta to to order the 3080 service and there's going to be limited quantities of it so i guess uh, as many as they feel the service can handle at this point so um the interesting thing though is the majority we got to talk to some folks from nvidia while um you know while learning about this and what they said is that the the average gaming session is an hour right now, and that most um, most of the people who are using the service are not folks who have like a last gen graphics card and want a newer graphics card. They're people who are on integrated graphics. They're using a laptop that has integrated graphics. So, um, how many people are going to say, "I really need to take this up to the next level and get 3080 performance"? Is you know interesting question uh, and this provides an interesting backdrop for all the stories about shortages that are going on because here's some cards that are or chips anyway i don't think they're going to i think they're they're going to some kind of 
what uh, they call GeForce Now superpods, which are giant servers that are capable of uh, 39,200 teraflops of processing and have 11, 11 million CUDA cores. Oof. So, um, so clearly there, you know, it's not like you're getting a regular PC that's sitting on a shelf. It's a data center with a giant PC and you're getting a 3080 chip within it. But, uh, they say you won't be sharing it with anyone while you're on. So, you know, each user will have access to just one. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Of course, the big limitation is, do they have the games that you want to play? Right. Because, um, you know, they have a list on NVIDIA has a list online of all the games they support. And I think there's actually about 900 games on here, but while I was looking through, I didn't really find a lot that I really wanted to play. So, uh, you know, my, my son and I love playing Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons. Don't have it on here. Um, we like the Lego games. I see, I think, uh, one Lego game. So it's, but, you know, it, uh, but on the other hand, they have Cyberpunk 2077. They've got a bunch of Battlefield games. Uh, so there's, you know, depending on what you want to play, granted, you have to have bought the game. So there's some degree of investment for folks who are not gaming PC gamers right now. Let's say you don't own a gaming PC and you say, I want to get into PC gaming and I, you know, I've got a, a lightweight laptop and I just want to play PC games on it. Great. You're going to have to pay for GeForce now. Uh, and then you're going to have to buy games. Although there are some free to play games as well. Uh, we should mention, uh, so it's not, you know, if a game was free to play in, you know, in real life, I mean, in all, you know, not as GeForce Now, then I think it's pretty free to play. Um, it's free to play on there. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. The other thing that they are doing that I believe applies to at least the top two tiers is that they are, implementing an interesting form of adaptive sync to the cloud. So um, for folks who don't know, adaptive sync is free sync or G-sync usually. And that that is usually on a person's computer that usually takes place at the uh, monitor and video card level. So your monitor can refresh at 120 hertz. Your graphics card sees that your monitor can do 120 hertz uh, and when you're about to play a game and it thinks that you can, it can give you 130 uh, frames a second. It says, no, I'm going to keep you at 120 so that there's not any uh, tearing or ghosting because that's what happens when you have, when the frame rate and the Hertz refresh rate don't match each other. Now with this, what's interesting is it's going to know what your monitor's refresh rate is and it's just going to give you that. So if you if your monitor your monitor doesn't have to be FreeSync or G-Sync because if you have a 60 hertz monitor it's going to give it give you the game it's it's going to try to give you the game at 60 frames per second. Um, I'm not sure if you have that to do sense. that or if it's going or if it's just a feature you can enable but uh, enable or disable but supposedly it's going to actually adapt to what it knows you have. So the the cloud is only going to send you um, 
as much as your monitor can handle um that instead of having your sense. monitor perhaps drop down or up like in in offline free sync and G adaptive sync your monitor does the adjustment and that means your monitor has to be smart here all the smarts are going to happen in the cloud uh which is interesting but um you know i uh so it's it'll be interesting to see uh what that does the another thing that is important to note you and i are always talking about bandwidth caps so any guesses to how many uh megabits per second uh playing on the rtx 3080 tier is going to require i'm terrified to find out because I so they say time. they say and i really actually want to test this um so i admit to not having tested any of this yet this is just new new stuff um 25 they said 20 about 25 fps and uh, 25 megabit per second for um for playing at two so they, they claim like i said 2k for 2K, otherwise known as 1440p, at 120 uh, frames a second. So they claim that you will that you'll that that will be 25 megabits per second. But uh, if you have the shield with the 4K HDR mode, that's going to be more. That um, that could be quite a bit more. Now, they for all of the GeForce Nows. Well, no matter what tier you're in, they recommend that your home internet connection be at least 35 megabit per second overall, which is, I don't think, hard to meet because most of the minimum plans are at least 35 or 50 now on most ISPs. But what does that mean in terms of bandwidth caps? I don't know. I haven't done the math. What is what is How many hours a day could you play before you hit your bandwidth cap? I'm doing math right now. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, I, am, uh, I, I have 25 megabit per second is how much per hour? Uh, I, um, do you have to, we have to convert megabits to giga gigabytes, right? Because the, the caps so, are measured in gigabytes. So that's, that's 3.125 megabytes per second uh, times oh, okay. 60 seconds. So per minute, it's 187 and a half. Um, it is 11,250 per hour megabytes. So that's a gigabyte. 11. So that is 11,000 Gigabytes. That's 11, that's 11 no. gig per hour. 11 gig per hour. Okay, so 11 gigs per hour. And how, what is the, what is, for those who have data caps, what is the typical data cap? Um, 150, I think. Let's do a search in our news for. I think it's one data cap. I think uh, Comcast's is one and a quarter terabytes. 
yeah. Yeah, so it's one and a quarter terabytes, which is up from the one terabyte that they offered before. Um, so, so that means maybe it's not that bad. Could, I mean, that means that you could play for about a hundred hours a month and do nothing else online. Right now, the so now of course the final word on all of this. I mean, not that's the final word, but my, my final word on all of this for today, I guess, is like, but if you were that serious of a gamer that were gonna that you were going to play a hundred hours a month, uh-huh. you you probably wouldn't be on this plan because what even though like you're getting an RTX 3080. And so for the cost of the plan, uh, um, the cost of it, $99 or six months is really not bad at all. But that depends. Are you going to use it like a serious PC gamer who's playing several hours every day, most days? Or are you going to occasionally dabble in playing a PC game? If you are dabbling, it might not be worth it. And if you have a data cap, if you have a data cap, you know, you can't afford to do anything but but dabble. But on the other hand, if you're the person who plays 100 hours a month at this point, you probably are a person who has a, a gaming PC. And if you have a gaming PC that is um, even a generation or two behind, you probably still won't want to be bothered with, with the cloud gaming. It seems that they're primarily getting people who have no gaming pc and this is their gaming pc so uh, it's it's interesting because i don't know are, are are they going to attract people who say oh i've got like you know i am a pc gamer i've got like a you know a gtx 1660 or something but wow i'd really love to be able to play better game play better games or play with with better settings so I'm going to pay $99 for six months. Uh, or are those folks going to say, you know what? I, I don't want to deal with cloud gaming. I'll just go with lower settings. So um, it seems like from what they said, the majority of their users are people who have no gaming PC and no serious gaming PC. In their right. House. So um, I don't know. This, this seems like it could, if this worked really well, I could see, and it had support for any game you wanted, I could see more people saying, hey, wow, what a good deal. You know, this is much cheaper than buying a graphics card, uh, you know, much. But at the same time, I think the we still aren't seeing from cloud gaming a lot of, I don't know, even in this difficult chip environment, a lot of cannibalization of people saying, I want to, you know, buy cloud gaming instead of owning a PC. Yeah, agreed. It doesn't. It, this seems like this is serving another market, giving the ability to bring 3080 capabilities to people who aren't interested in a 3080 or don't have an all the time need for one. Right. So it's not really clear whether this is going to be a big hit for them because 
if you're really serious about your gaming, it seems like you're going to want to buy your own RTX 3080. Right. right. Anyway, and that this is not going to satiate you or keep you held over for if you're a real, if you're a serious PC gamer. Right. But who knows? We will be doing some testing on it and finding out how it performs. But I think I think the biggest issue is what games can you play? And if your game is in the list, great. But if it's not, and it's a problem. Anyway, you can learn more about this by going to tomshardware.com where we have uh, an article about the announcement. And at some point, uh, hopefully soon, we'll also be able to test it and tell you how it performed for us. Very cool. Sound, sounds interesting. Obviously, one of the things that I am going to be desperate to hear about uh, will be the actual real-world data usage because, you know... you. You didn't even have to say it. As soon as you started talking data usage, I had the calculator open. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was I mean I it, was trying to figure it out right away. <laughs> it could be worse, but I mean, as we said before, this is not the data caps are, are getting more and more insidious every day because mm-hmm. people also are doing a lot of cord cutting and watching right. video at you know at 4K. So this is just one more drop in a very big bucket. Yeah. The the data caps have been a problem. They will continue to be a problem until we can either make them go away or the internet goes away. And I don't think the second one's gonna happen. So <laughs> uh, I think I think it's a problem that that needs to be solved one way or another. Um, because like you said, you know, we talk we've talked several times, more and more of our lives are being spent online doing things working work from home is not going anywhere um for a lot of people so this is and it, it tends to be in markets where comcast is is uh heavily favored well not favored but certainly heavily used most hated company in america uh trading off with ea every year so not most favored, <laughs> but certainly most used um so you know it's it's, there, there's going to be a challenge to this at some point um, because more and more things are using more and more bandwidth. I mean, we calculated how much just this show takes in bandwidth, and thank goodness I'm not in a Comcast market because I'd be in a ton of trouble. So, uh, as always, Avram, uh, appreciate this. I, like I told you before we got started, I hadn't even heard of this. Uh, so, that is... <laughs> That is how far behind on this topic I was. I didn't even know it happened. So I always appreciate you bringing new stuff to my attention and to the audiences. And I look forward to what we talk about next. Extra Life and F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Crates get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every single month. And to learn more about the crates that are available and the deals that are going on, you can go to F5Live.tv slash Loot Crate. 
All right, we talked. We just talked about uh, about uh, GeForce Now, and now we have an interesting, semi-related, and completely different topic, and that is Google Stadia. Uh, we know that Google has had difficulties with with uh, getting adoption on Google Stadia for one reason or another. Either consumers just don't care about what Google's up to. We know that the reviews were mixed early on, that the capabilities were iffy, the controller was horrible. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get away from that, you know, icky taste in your mouth once it's there. Whatever the reason, um, earlier this year, uh, Google had announced that some changes were coming. First, they nixed their first party game studio before the first game was ever finished. Uh, and then about a week later, they said that they had some business model changes that they were considering. And one of them was licensing the technology and becoming a, dis uh, you know, a white label distribution platform for others. And this week, we see the first known fruit of, of that new business model. And it comes in a weird place. It comes from AT&T, who is offering their... Uh, wireless subscribers the ability to play um, Batman Arkham Knight. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. You have to be an AT&T wireless subscriber to get this game for free, but you cannot play it on wireless. You have to play it on a desktop. It, it's one of the, the games from Stadia that will only work on a desktop. Um, and so, what? The tie-in doesn't make a ton of sense to me, except for the fact that AT&T bought Time Warner and that became Warner Media. Warner Media owns DC Comics. Obviously, DC Comics owns Batman, which brings us Batman Arkham Knight. That's a really long chain of events, but as we talked about last week, DC's got a lot of stuff coming, including two new games in the DC franchise. Maybe this is, maybe this is AT&T hyping up their their stuff ahead of the, the next releases. I don't know what's going on here, Abram. I mean, the most important thing you need to know about Google Stadia is that, uh, is that right now, if you, if you sign up so for afraid. Google Stadia, you can, you can play Paw Patrol Mighty Pup Save Adventure Bay for free. Well, you know what? How can you pass it up? How <laughs> Will the AT&T version of it give you all of the things that Stadia does or only or only that Batman game? Only that Batman game uh, running entirely on the Stadia infrastructure. Will you know that it's Stadia if you haven't watched our show? No. Uh, so nowhere is it nowhere is it labeled. Uh, Google is not mentioned anywhere. Um, though... Uh, it has been confirmed with AT&T. AT&T has said um, in a couple of statements that, yes, this is uh, powered by Stadia. No, we're not talking about it because it is a true white label. It is, it is just like going to the grocery store and buying the Publix brand you know, pasta sauce so, and knowing that somebody else made it. <laughs> so are they going to... Are you going to be able to play any other games on it? I mean, is no. AT&T going to have a list of games? Not right now. It is white label entirely for this one title. You have to really want to play that Batman game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I it's really all really want to play that. It's all so strange. Like I had expected <laughs> with something like this that a company like maybe Ubisoft, bad example because they have a really strong partnership with GeForce now, but let's say Ubisoft because they're a smaller studio, they're not EA, they're not Activision. Maybe they contract with with Google to make uh, whatever they call their launcher now. It used to have a name and now it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Through their launcher that you could cloud stream and they didn't. They wouldn't have to build any of that infrastructure. That is how I suspected that this would be used. This use is very weird to me. Money, I guess. I mean... <laughs> You know, companies are constantly looking, wireless companies are constantly looking for that one little extra thing that they can give you to as an incentive to switch. T-Mobile Tuesdays. Right? Once, once they have you, they don't care about you anymore, but, but they look for that one, you know, that one little incentive. So if a Batman game gets them a few people, uh, if, I don't know. T-Mobile was giving away, I think, for a while, free Apple TV subscription, Apple TV Plus subscriptions. Yeah. Um, but as an existing customer, I couldn't get it. So, oh. um, <laughs> so, um, I think some existing customers can get it if you have a more expensive plan or something. Gotcha. It was the same thing with like the Netflix thing, where for a while, I don't know if they're still doing it. For a while, they were giving you free Netflix. Yeah. But the free net, but. It turned out that if I wanted to get the plan that had free Netflix, I'd have to spend like another $30 a month for the same uh -huh. plan. So it's yeah. just cheaper to buy Netflix, right? So sure. anyway. And then Sprint Sprint was doing the uh, free Hulu, but it was the ad-supported Hulu, and you couldn't pay the mm. difference to upgrade. <laughs> so Right. So these are all like... I, these I gave are mine little, to my parents. It's like, here you go. Dang. Take my Hulu these are these are all little gimmicks that they have yeah. to get you to sign up for things, um, you know. Maybe this is a test, right? Maybe this is a test. Yeah. Maybe the the Warner Brothers, uh, uh, game studios, family of game studios. Maybe they're looking at at doing a whole. My idea, right? Maybe because Warner Brothers is another small collection of studios. Maybe hmm. they're looking at doing. A completely Warner Brothers branded uh, stre game streaming service that's that's actually Google Stadia powered. Maybe this is just a test to see how it works. I hadn't yeah, considered that I mean, until just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's possible. I mean they have all these other uh, Batman games, right? Wasn't that Arkham Knights a game that's coming out that mm -hmm. we were talking about the other day? So, yeah. um, well, Arkham Knight is the one, uh, yeah, uh, Arkham Knight is the one that we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Got, so, what, the, yeah, uh, last, week, last week they had uh, two tight, two new uh, Batman titles that were coming. Uh, let me get down to the games uh, Gotham Knights and. Something else. Oh, am I confusing Gotham Knights and Arkham Knights? Yes. Or are they the same thing? Okay. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's absolutely what happened. The The titles are too close. Batman, Arkham Knights, and the new one is Gotham Knights. 
which is the oh, one that's okay. that's wider. There's but a, you know, they've also got the a lot of nights. <laughs> they've also got the Suicide Squad game coming. So you know, they've got a lot of games mm-hmm. coming up yeah. from the DC brand. I think it's a, and obviously there's a whole backlog of of Batman games and DC games as well. You know, maybe they're trying to put together a a DC or a Warner Brothers game streaming service and this is their first test at it. It'd be interesting. I don't care if it if it doesn't have farming simulator and bus simulator, I don't want to sign up. I get the, so many press emails from them. <laughs> yes, that's why I mention it. There's some company that comes out with all I forget the name of it that comes out with all these simulator games and I just noticed that Stadia also has farming simulator. Um <laughs> So, uh, which, you know, actually strikes me as a great idea because, uh, you know, we don't need to go off on this tangent, but actually strikes me as a great idea because a lot of people, they have like a trucking simulator and a bus driving simulator and a farming simulator. And when I first saw these, I was like, man, what a weird idea for a game. And then I just thought about it from then I was like, but if the goal of your game is to do something that you never will never get to do in real life sure. in a very realistic way to like try someone uh, else's job for a while you know hey that's actually pretty brilliant so um see it's that it's that really realistic way that that ended it for me because i was i was thinking crazy taxi <laughs> right yeah so it's like how seriously do you want to take your farming anyway right so uh yeah i, I wasn't mean, even sure. interested I, in farmville I, so and that was nothing yeah, like farming well, Right. So if you really take it, you know, if you've played Farmville and you said, what if I did this in a much more serious way? Um, what if I actually had but, to get into a virtual tractor to get from from thing to thing instead of just clicking? Yeah, that would be better. Yeah, you know, the one like the bus simulator one sounded interesting to me because it sort of sounds like flight simulator. But like, you okay. know, instead of flying to different cities, you're driving around them. Um, it takes know, a lot longer. I had time. But, you know, what if it's a cool-looking place? Sure. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the scenery. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think AT&T is dipping its toe in the water here to see whether this is worth its time. Um, it could be something where they have a bunch of different titles and either they can upsell people on access to this store uh, or they can uh, use it as incentive for people to sign up. Because AT and T doesn't is not the hippest. I don't think is seen by anybody as like the hippest carrier. Like Verizon often wins the awards for having good service, and T Mobile is is cheaper. So where does that leave AT and T? They're the they're the party service. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, AT and T is kind of left out in the cold usually. So you know they were given. HBO for a while, depending on your plan. They were doing all kinds of, you know, direct TV. Mm. Now, go, whichever one it was. Oh, God. So many services that they've had, and they don't even own direct TV anymore. But, you know, they, they were doing that for a while. You know, always, always trying stuff, maybe not uh, ever succeeding with it. Maybe that's the problem. But we'll see what happens here.
This week's news from the tubes in F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malware Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, and it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, rootkits, bots, and a whole lot more. And you can use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. So, Google again. Let's talk Google again. Uh, <laughs> privacy has been a big topic for us for the last couple of years, um, partially because for a while it wasn't a big topic uh, in the, the general culture. Um, and so, you know, we kind of wanted to bring that back. A number of, of high-profile hacks, all of the stuff happening over at Facebook, worries about, you know, Google tracking cookies, they have all brought privacy and security back into the forefront. Um, and out of that has come things like the Brave Browser, which we've talked about on the show before in the past. The Brave Browser is um, this this high pro, uh, privacy-focused uh, product, but their default search engine in most of the world was Google. And a lot of people who are looking for privacy aren't fans of Google as a company uh, and Google search in particular. So a lot of people were switching over to something like DuckDuckGo, which we did a pilch point on uh, a couple years ago. Well, the company has actually got their own search provider now. Uh, and in the latest release of their browser, uh, 1.31 for desktop and Android and 1.32 for iOS, the default search engine has been changed um, in most of the world uh, to Brave's search, um, which obviously makes sense if you're <laughs> if you're putting this all together. It makes sense to to default it. Of course, if you want to switch to something else, DuckDuckGo or Google or Bing or whatever you want to switch to, you can change. You can still change your search engine just like you can in in Edge or Google or Safari or whatever. Um, with this comes what they call the Web Discovery Project. Um, I've started a bit of a dive into it because I'm really interested in what they're up to here. Um, it's a tool to improve the Brave search while still maintaining user anonymity. Um, it's completely opt-in and uh, it's designed obviously to protect privacy because that's what the company's all about. The contributed data isn't uh, like reverse engineerable to a person or a device. It can't be connected together to create a profile about a user. Um, obviously, this is coming at a time when big tech is kind of a bad word. <laughs> um, you, you hear uh, all political affiliations talking about big tech and very few of them speak of it highly. So... This is, this is an interesting and kind of a smart time for this to come out. I'm really interested in the web discovery project. Um, I'm not far into my dive on how it works. Um, I do know that for something to be uh, included and indexed, it has to be highly visited, which is interesting. Um, but there's a whole like submission process that's very different than Google or Bing. Uh, it's interesting, but Avram, what do you think? So I'm looking at the Brave search and I'm trying to see how we how Tom's hardware comes up on uh -huh. 
you know, some of the search terms that we target. Sure. And uh, our rankings seem pretty consistent with what they are on Google. Okay. So I'm kind of curious how, um, where the rankings come from, where the, you know, where they get this information. Yeah. Uh, how they're spidering. Yeah. So, so it, it has, it has a lot to do with, so and that, that's what that web discovery project is all about. I'm, I don't have as much information on it as I would like. It's a very complicated um, system that I'm, I'm trying to well, understand. I can tell you this. We haven't optimized for it. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> optimized for the web discovery project. I don't think anyone in our company has submitted anything to it. Um, well, per part, perhaps we should have. Part of it comes, um, part of it comes from people who are, uh, using the browser. Um, and that's why they were talking about all the anonymity stuff. They are looking at, at, you know, browsing history, but without tracking who it's attached to. If you opt in to help, uh, improve search. Now I'll tell you that searching for plug hits live, our top result obviously is our homepage. Um, the branding is incorrect and the title still says CES 2020. <laughs> so they haven't hit us in a while. Uh, cause it stopped saying that, you know, like January 11th of 2020. Um, but that's, that's okay. Um, LinkedIn has the, the updated branding. Um, hmm. Our Twitter doesn't. Anyway, um, it, it is interesting. And again, we haven't, obviously, we haven't optimized for anything either because I'm still just trying to understand how it works. Um, I have, however, seen traffic um, referring in from uh, Brave. So that's interesting. I mean, I think it would be good if the industry standardized on a on a Google alternative. I know Microsoft would like it to be Bing, but Bing has Bing unfortunately suffers for the same problems that uh, Edge and IE have suffered from, which is being tragically uncool, even if they right. even when it does provide a decent service. So um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe the answer is DuckDuckGo. Brave trying to start its own engine. I don't know. I think if you were to have something that, that people would take seriously, um, it couldn't be just tied to a product like that. So I don't know. It's, an, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, I think there's absolutely a market for an alternative for a Google alternative. That's for, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, there, that there is definitely uh, a market for it. Everybody has seemingly tried and nobody seems to be able to chisel away. You know, Microsoft had gotten up to like the 13% mark at one point, but I think they're back down to about the four and a half percent mark today um they had when they when they were the default search on iphone i think is when they managed to get themselves up there pretty high um 
but that hasn't been for a couple of years. And as soon as that went away, they I mean they plumbed it again. Being the default search definitely helps you a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, my my mother like every two weeks she has some type of antivirus on her computer. I think it's McAfee that is constantly changing her her default search to Yahoo. I go and I change it back and it changes it back to Yahoo again. Yeah. Uh, so it's um, so yes, being it's being the default really helps you. Yeah, especially on something like uh, the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Your personal results start at LinkedIn and then your profile on Tom's Hardware. That's good. Your Twitter, your Muckrack, your Facebook, and then your profile from Laptop Mag. So they they do recognize that, that Tom's that's Hardware right now is, yeah. is a higher, hey, more important that's, rank. That, that's good. That's good. I'm, and I'm pleased with those results. So after Laptop Mag comes uh, business, business Insider and then the Wikipedia page for Tom's Hardware. That's pretty good. All right. Well, Where, there you, you must, go. Everything you, you need to know about me, you can name. get by searching. <laughs> ah, you get, yeah, I, I think it says so somewhere on there. Anyway. Yes. my One of my few few places where I'm famous, I have a... <laughs> I don't have a page on Wikipedia. I'm just mentioned on somebody's page. Um, that's which on Tom's Hardware's page. Um, well, anyway, it's, yeah, it's man, interesting. I'm definitely going to play around with it. Um, you know, I've been talking to our marketing guys. Last week, one of our conversations was the changes to Google mobile search. This week, one of our conversations is going to be uh, what we know about Brave, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm doing a lot of research. It's really interesting. Um, it's quick, which I like. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm going to experiment with it. I did a deep dive into DuckDuckGo a while back. Obviously, I've done a deep dive into Bing and Google. So I'm always interested in knowing how the data collection for these things works. And uh, I will continue on this one. I don't know when I will understand it. Hopefully soon. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more, including uh, free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free video games, and a free Twitch subscription to help the Twitch subscriber of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a whole lot more. We've got quick links to these features and more because sometimes they can be a challenge to find. We've got a free 30-day trial, the ability to give it as a gift, and more, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So over the last couple of years, we have talked a number of times about some of the oddities happening uh, with cord cutting. We mentioned cord cutting a little while ago with, you know, bandwidth caps and things like that. But one of the things that's been a challenge has been local, local content. Um, we've seen, we've seen some services. We remember Aereo, uh, and their, uh, lawsuit that took them all the way to the Supreme court where they lost and the company shut down. 
Uh, then following them, Locast thought that they had a great new approach to avoid getting attacked by the networks, and they were wrong, and they are currently shut down. Um, but rather than trying to bob and weave and get around copyright law, um, Amazon, through uh, their Amazon News on Fire TV, has gone directly to the source which, of course, of course, <laughs> they've gone directly to the source and started making relationships. Um, their Amazon News local service uh, launched last year with 12 markets. Obviously, with 12 markets, it was a pilot. It was a test to see if people cared, and apparently they did. Earlier this year, they added... Uh, uh, like 76 more cities, I think, bringing it to 88. Then somewhere in the middle of the year, they added more cities. And now they're adding another 158, uh, bringing the total to 259 cities across the United States. Um, it is completely free if you have a Fire TV. The app is already installed. It's the Amazon News app. There is a local tab. It will locate you based on... Uh, Based on your IP address, whether that be real or pure VPN, uh, is not up to me. Uh, it will determine what your local area is and show you your local stations. Um, if you've got more than one, you can choose which ones to include. I will tell you, you do not have more than one. <laughs> there are very few cities that have more than one. Um, and very few cities that have one that matters in any meaningful way. Um, Scott's Bluff NE, New England? That's not a place. Nebraska. 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 Yep. Because it's because it's both caps. Thank you. Um, has, I and I see it, I even wrote the word Nebraska three words later. So thank you. Um, they have their NBC affiliate available. But if you're here in Tampa... What you get is WMOR, which is, you know, below the CW and below even the old UPN. It, it is uh, the remains of what was the WB. All the things. But that, you're only that the CW. You're not getting their programming, take. right? You're just getting the news the news content, right? Right, but if you look at if you look at like you know what what the WB is without any of the Warner Brothers stuff that went over to the CW. That's what WMOR is here. So it's not uh, exciting. It Their their news is... It, it's like the leftovers from our NBC affiliate. <laughs> it's, it's real weird the way it works. Um, yeah, but, it's... So in other words, you're not the top talent. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely the second tier. Uh, but but this is still essentially a pilot program, right? So we've got one network from every city, mostly. I think there were about twelve or thirteen that had more than one. But you've got maybe one network with news available from every city. Obviously, that's still a pilot program. They're trying to get to scale so they can start having conversations with the other 
affiliates is my guess. That's what I would do. I would try to get to scale as as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're not available. That's that's always a good now, selling who, point. Who's making money off of this? Like how are they when they show the news, do they show the whole eleven o'clock news end to end? Do they show it in clips? Fair and question. is there advertising? So RWMOR has has a like dot two that is like an all the time news, I think. Um, so maybe it's that. Uh, I I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't have direct access to a Fire TV right now, but I'm definitely going to give it a shot and see what comes up. Um, I've sent Michelle off to to give it a shot and see what comes up because I know she has one at home uh, to do some experimenting. I also want to experiment and throw pure VPN behind it and see if we can get something from California to, to auto select for us. Um, just, I, I've got some tests I want to do on this to see, you know, how different the content is from net from, from city to city, right? Is it only maybe in Tampa, maybe it's only the, the three broadcasts a day that are news from WMOR, or is it the 24 hour dot two? And if in LA, is it something else? You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing how this works. I'm going to run some tests. Um, I have no idea how it works. But the fact that they've got 259 U.S. cities signed up and Amazon is making it available to all of their Fire TV subscribers for free, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're running one of those stations, it's distribution for you. Right. It's more eyes that are completely completely countable which was one of the biggest problems with both low cast and aereo is those views weren't countable these are they can use it to to generate uh you know ad dollars and maybe there's a particular kickback you know a uh, revenue share with amazon on it i don't know but that would be a pretty solid business model for amazon yeah so, it's, it's an interesting idea. It's definitely filling a need that we have proven time and again exists, right? Aereo and Lowcast proved that this was a, but, a need mm, that needed to be filled. But is this, but that's an, but that's, yeah. that's the interesting question. What's right. the need that those were filling? Right. Were those filling a need for local news or were those filling a need for people to get free television, to get local online sports. access to local sports? Yeah, sports. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are people that excited about watching the local five o'clock and 11 o'clock news? I mean, granted, there isn't a lot of great local coverage out there. Uh, if you don't watch them, I mean, there's patch and, you know, you find a local newspaper. So, I mean, there's not, you know, to be fair, there's less and less local news available to people. Uh, as more and more local news outlets, uh, local newspapers have gotten shut down or have been mm -hmm. conglomerated to where the majority of the stories are national stories and then there's a couple of local ones thrown in. Right. So, you know, I I get that people, there's some desire for local news, but I don't think that's what people were signing up for with, with Aereo. I think, 
they wanted to watch uh they wanted to watch cbs you know and uh you can get cable or you can get uh you know an an antenna but it's convenient to watch things online so they they that's how i wanted it that was a method for them to watch whatever shows they wanted to watch right on cbs nbc uh fox abc or cw but maybe and just like with at&t maybe this is the beginning of a wider test something more interesting that they're working on but starting with news there's no telling with amazon there's never any telling what they're planning or what they're up to (laughs) so uh this this could expand way beyond news stuff. Um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how this goes because there are some uh, notable markets missing New York uh, from the list. Uh, so I, I found that fascinating. Um, so obviously they're not done. There's no way they're going to consider themselves done if New York is missing from this list. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Um, uh, we're going to do some tests to see, you know, what content is available and how it varies from market to market um, coming up here soon because it's it is interesting and obviously Amazon is dedicated to it. Otherwise, they would not be expanding to this many cities this quickly. There's there's no way that this isn't something they're currently dedicated to. So we'll see. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We know it's been weird this month because you never know when we're going to go live, but that's behind us. Uh, We're back to Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. uh, This coming Sunday, back to normal. Hooray. Unless that's that's not Halloween, is it? I don't know when Halloween is. It is, but I'm... It is Halloween. Okay. Is, but that's fine with me unless you're doing something. I mean, I'm not. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to screw I, with family stuff. <laughs> not at not at the time that we start. Okay, perfect. You know, then back to normal next week. At, we're not trick or treating at nine o'clock at night. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe we'll have maybe we'll have some cobwebs in the graphics or something next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, comes of it. I mean, I what I'd like to do is take my uh, is have my RGB. Uh, goggles set up so that I can wear them in the show because I these are actually going to have RGB in them so see if I can have that for next show that would be fun maybe I can do some stuff on the wall behind me anyway so next week Halloween we'll be back to normal uh, and then back to normal until we hit the weirdness that is the end of the year Uh, so I guess with that uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here I'm Scott I'm Avram We'll see you back next week. Ciao.